0: Welcome to the show. My name is Peter Puttengry, and today I'm joined by my friend, professional freelance mountain guide, Theodore Olive. Theodore has spent the last three months in the Cedarberg wilderness, and I had the pleasure of catching up with him on a lunch break at his local internet cafe. The signal wasn't great, but I got to speak to him more about his trip to Mount Kenya and his solo climbing attempt that had me on the edge of my seat. I hope you enjoy. Hello. How's it? <laughs> How are you, man?
1: <laughs> uh good new man.
0: Not too bad. Are you in a tent?
1: No no, I'm um This is like a it's like the restaurant um at the uh, accommodation I'm staying at. I'm 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 staying in a I'm staying in a in a in a cabin for the last uh three months. During this whole lockdown, I just came out here. I lived in the Cedarburg mountains. It's very nice. nice.
0: Very cool, dude. Yeah, um, I think I've been to that. There's a little slackline outside the restaurant there. Not...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, Hanley and I, um, I think yeah. when we, we came down from the um, uh, sorry, from uh, the Free State, uh, and we stopped there just before we got to the Parkes for the Highline Festival two or three years ago cool yeah so um yeah shot for doing this man i i appreciate it can you hear me um, fine yeah i can hear you perfectly can you hear me okay yeah okay i think there's a bit of a delay but um let's let's see how it goes um uh, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Um, I really appreciate it. You're, um, you know, you're my first guest. So we, we have all of zero followers at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, let's see how it goes. And um, yeah, I'm excited mm-hmm. to, to chat to you a bit. So um, you know, kind of just uh, if, if you wouldn't mind giving a, a brief introduction of yourself, um, and then I'll give an introduction of yourself of, of you as well. And we'll see how the introductions line up, um, sort of how I think about Teodor and then who you actually are. So um, I don't know. Go Go ahead
1: so is that, yeah. okay cool um yeah so i'm a full-time professional freelance mountain guide based mm-hmm. in cape town mm-hmm. and i've been working as a freelance guide for about five years um i operate tours for about up to eight to nine different companies ranging from um, school leadership camps to um, very niche private high end clients mm-hmm. from highly technical to soft skills um, and um, I also do this mainly in summer, but when it 's winter in in Cape Town the tourists uh, you know the tourist the capacity kind of uh, you know slows down and i i have um Bulgarian nationality, and uh, in the last four years, I started my own little thing in Bulgaria. So I've been back and forth to Bulgaria for the last four years, and operating for the last two years, successfully private, um, private tours uh, in, in Eastern Europe, in the Balkans. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can go on a bit about other parts of my work that I do uh, with with uh, wild medics um, Mm -hmm. in terms of first aid courses, instructing and getting involved in different aspects of guiding, Uh, not just the actual guiding, but also in the instructional work of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I contribute as much as I can with to the mountain club when it comes to doing uh, presentations, talks, inspiring local climbers um, through articles that I write for magazines as well Mm -hmm. as for the, the MCSA journal, um, which gets published each year. So this is just a little, a little uh, quick summary, I guess, awesome. of what I do professionally.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I wanted to chat to you, um, especially. I mean, I, I've been trying to figure out how to uh, do a, a structured podcast and and trying to figure out sort of the, the flow of how these things will go. But uh, I've kind of been a fly fly by the, the 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 seat of my pants kind of guy for as long forever really. And, and, and I, I kind of get the feeling that, um, although you're very structured and professional and, you know, I've, 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 I've climbed and hiked and, 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 spent time working and, um, you know, personally with you, but, um, uh, you're kind of a Jack of all trades. Uh, you're also busy with a project. I don't know. Can you speak about that project now? Um, that's completely out of, uh, out of what you've just context. mentioned.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, completely out of context. Um, well, Back to the fact that I've been guiding for five years is that uh, one interesting fact is that I haven't actually taken a holiday for about five years, um, mm-hmm. but my work doesn't feel like work when I do mm-hmm. it because I meet people from all over the world and I'm, I, I'm a people's person. I'm very fascinated about people's lives and learning from them. Mm-hmm. And this lockdown period, which, is, uh, which has been uh, quite an awesome experience for me, I've really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of forced me to have a holiday. a bit of a workaholic. And so now that I have no people to walk around the mountain, um, I've just been focusing on myself and doing a lot like mountains of reflecting because I have five years worth of tours and personal adventures to reflect on. Mm -hmm. And I diarize a lot of important things and I really have just been reflecting for the last three months. And Mm -hmm. in this time, I've written two books, um, one of which was a spontaneous prowess book which is just pure thought pattern um that i first made recently and then now today actually this morning i just finished my second one which is a little bit more uh acceptable open to public (laughs) reading i guess because it's um it's a it's sort of like a fairy tale
0: but uh yeah i was i was um uh so, so I kind of just wanted to chat to you. I mean, I, I think we could we could go on for for hours and and, and just talk about kind of your individual Martin experiences and and experiences over the last four or five years. But um, I wanted to touch on uh, just if if you could share what's been keeping you busy for the last three months. I know writing. Um, but but how, how your experience has been during the lockdown, I think everyone, especially in the guiding and tourism industry, has had very different experiences. You know, um, uh, a lot of people have been retrenched or been laid off um, and uh, have used this time. Yeah. Um, to reflect, uh, like you have, and 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 start new ventures, or uh, you know, look for, for other opportunities. But um, I'm 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 terrified that that at some point, South Africa, especially, um, because of this extended period of lockdown that we've had, is going to lose a lot of really experienced and and um, and qualified guides to other industries. Um, because you know the the mm. industry hasn't opened up, and and you know there are very few people who mm. can actually get through three or four months without an income. So um, yeah, you know, if if you could chat a little bit about sort of your experience over the last three months and and reflect a little bit uh, about that, I know it's very personal, so don't, yeah. don't uh, you know share share what you can. No, no, bye. Cool. Uh, yeah,
1: no, I'm happy to to uh, talk about it. It's definitely something that's very close to my heart. Is um, the development of mountain guiding in South Africa, yeah. more, more importantly in Cape Town, which mm-hmm. is the tourist hub of the country, if not the tourist hub of the entire continent. Mm. Um, my little the little quote of mine, which I like to say is that Cape Town is pretty much the Chamonix of, um, of Africa uh, when it comes to mountaineering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, especially in the big mountains. Yeah. And I think the definitely the lockdown of this last three months has put a lot of pressure on a lot of tour guides who I know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly has uh sparked some uh, sparked some. oh, thanks, man. Yeah, my... <laughs> okay, sorry, my lunch just yeah. arrived. No
0: worries, no worries. Um,
1: uh, so yeah, I think it's definitely uh sparked some ideas and maybe given the industry a little bit of a some time to think and restructure. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. Um, I think there's, there's still not 100% clarity in in terms of like um, how the industry sort of operates in black and white format. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a little bit all over the place, especially when it comes to um, mountain guiding, mm-hmm. never mind tour guiding on all other aspects of adventures when it comes to sandboarding and shark diving, this or, this or that. So I think something that hopefully might get better um for a developing country like ours is that this time has maybe given guides um uh, an opportunity to really like reflect on how serious they take their their job and how passionate passionate they are about it mm. and if they really are um all about what they do and are passionate they will make a plan and they will if not write articles or train themselves up more you know uh, get books like uh, well I personally and some other guides who I know we have um, assisted each other with referencing books of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, to explore our um, you know to expand sorry our knowledge mm-hmm. in terms of the, the local the local info which comes from geology to bird life to flora to history to culture etc mm-hmm. um, these are things as a guide this is the beautiful thing about guiding in general is that uh, you develop yourself as a professional when you develop yourself as a person as a person mm. there's very few jobs in the world which do this. Uh, normally, you are flushing your own intellect and your own self into someone else's growth into someone else's company into someone else's success with guiding what 's beautiful is that you 're not a company you're an individual and you support each other as a com- in a community
2: mm.
1: and you are bettering yourself when you you know, expand your, uh, your abilities. Mm. Um, in terms of income, yes, for sure. I know quite a few folks that are struggling, but, uh, I think struggle is good. Um, you know, normally you have to, uh, you have to take a few steps back before you take a big leap. And Mm. I think it's very important that people also, especially people who have had it all cushy cushy all their lives. Um, it's nice little smack in the face sometimes. Um, those folks, yes, some people might have serious debts for certain investments that they went in. But, um, from every, you know, from every slumber or downhill, uh, sorry, from every uphill you hit, there will be a downhill on the other side. Um, you know, life goes on. And, uh, I, I'm only saying this in such a harsh way, mainly because I, I come from a background where my parents, um, you know, immigrated from, ex- from extreme poverty, from, uh, from Bulgaria, from Eastern Europe, and they came to a foreign country which they couldn't speak the language. Um, and so I've just got a little bit of like, raw um, experience with, with uh, what it means to come from a very, you know, low background and uh, work your way up. And I think you can only benefit in the lessons you will learn along your journey um, in this period of struggle. Um, because people only, you know, you can only get better, you know, from from this point on, if anything.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's interesting you say that. I mean, uh, I, I've I've had a, a slightly different experience with with all of this, but um, I, I'm 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 struggling, especially in South Africa, to find open and free content um, that people are talking about this this very thing: how to get through struggles and and help um, better someone else's. Um, uh, uh, circumstances through through passion and dedication for a certain cause. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that that, that are very passionate um, about supporting um, you know industries like tourism that have been affected by all of this. Um, but but um, I, I I really I, I hope that this creates a lot of um, time for people to to put content out to to say look this is a recipe that I use to get through this kind of period where I didn't have an income. Um, I, I, I Hunkered down. I wrote a book. I, um, I, I Created some cool content. I got it out uh, to, to, to the public and really resonated with people and, and this is how um, you know, I, I got through this period um, I, I think people yeah, we, we're, okay. we're definitely going to be living in a, a, a time now where that there, there's going to be more um, uh, Content than we've ever seen um, right? I, I mean uh now mm-hmm. everyone's yeah, just for creating
2: sure.
1: and of course, oh, uh, yeah yeah no no you 100
0: sorry man, um I, I know that, that that's a, a bit of a deep subject and 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 quite a a, a difficult one to, to 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 peel through so i i kind of um i wanted to chat to you a little bit um about uh, I saw on Instagram, uh, about a year ago, um, you and, and a couple of guys went up, I don't know where, um, and you did a, um, uh, an insane sort of private, um, kind of bridge swing, mountain swing thing. Um, can mm. you, can you, can you, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, just, just for context, uh, I, I, are you uh, are you okay with um, me just sharing my screen? Um, I've got your Instagram page up and just playing the video so people can see that, or is it... Um, are you- yeah, that's fine, yeah. Are you open that, cool. Um, I just want to give yeah, you a little tough. bit of context behind it um, uh, so that people know what we're talking it's, about because it's, it's not normal um, what, what you're doing, and it, it scared me hard to death. <laughs> um, all right, so this is, um, if anyone wants to follow Theodore, he's got a, a great Instagram page, uh, Theodore underscore I-L-I-E-V. Um, and, and you can, uh, Theodore, can people reach out to you to book um, hiking yeah, and climbing I mean, adventures so this so excited way
2: excited
1: as well? I was genuinely inspired, um, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I'm more than happy to share my, my number, uh, pl- my plus two seven number for WhatsApp okay. and my email. Um, that's a lot easier. Okay. Of course, through Instagram is also a, a perfect network, um, inlet for, for work too. I'm, I'm very happy in, in all aspects. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Cool. Um, so I, am not hundred percent sure. Just stop me when we get to the, um, uh, the, the relevant area, um, for, for
1: that's, that's it right there. yeah. You're looking for the jump.
0: Uh, for the jump. Yeah.
1: You're looking for the jump. Yeah. It's a little higher. A
2: higher, a
1: higher. It's on the left side. If you go up a bit more, further up, further up. Almost
2: there. All right. Um. <laughs> I'll take a bite of this burger so
1: yeah, you can see I'm flying out about hundred and thirty meters down below in, into that black abyss. uh that was the first jump, actually, that was me jumping first um for a giant rope swing that we we built um. Across two opposing walls of 550 meter high rock walls, which are the highest wall- rock walls in, in the country, um, but yeah, that's that's in a nutshell. That's kind of what we what we pulled off. Um, and actually, um, more excitingly, is that we had a professional film crew with us, oh, <laughs> and nice. uh, we we are going to release we, the film's already done,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and the film will be released uh, soon, which is kind of still deciding how and what format and what manner we're we going to release to the public if we're going to group it together with a few other local south african adventure films mm-hmm. because um we've made another one for a different um thing as well so we've just been busy with these cool exciting inspiring craziness
0: so yeah. so i i just wanted to quickly um uh, brush back to the start of the video because that was more interesting to me it's the first time i've actually seen you terrified uh, I've, I've climbed with you quite a bit. And, and just for anyone listening, um, like when I say I've climbed with Tio, it's more been like I've belayed Tio on, on very hard routes and then he's helped me on like some really easy stuff and, and let me climb uh, just uh, sort of on, on, on some easy stuff. Tio's a climber. I'm just sort of a, a, a part-time uh, enthusiast. So to see him scared is quite uh, uh, quite a, a nice thing. Yeah, the, the last time that um, I saw you, I think uh, it was at um, – City Rock in Cape Town, and uh, you just finished climbing, and and you kind kind of gave us a brief overview of of, of an adventure that you went on. Um, but you you decided to wake up early in the morning and and go for a, a climb, and there was there was a bit of ice involved, um, there was a bit of silliness involved, um, and and uh, can can you talk yeah. about about that a little bit because it scared the hell out of me. So so I, I mean it, it, it sounded yeah. epic. So yeah, go, go for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just got cut off a little earlier, but um, in terms of that, just before I answer that that question, mm. um, when when you said you mentioned that you seeing my face terrified, um, that mm. was that was pretty much how my face looked, and in my mind, what was going on was that uh, I was accepting that uh, if this was the way I was going to go, it was going to be one hell of a good ride out of out, <laughs> of, this, out of this world. Um, and so that was the facial expression of that exact thought, and accepting mm. that very instant. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, then going back to us meeting, yeah, at, at the at the gym. Um, I just come back from guiding a tour a, a, a mountaineering trip in uh, at Mount Kenya,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is the second highest mountain in uh, Africa. Um, Mount Kenya has a three hundred meter technical rock climb to reach the summit Um, and it sits at about uh, What's about five thousand nine hundred plus meters um, above sea level? Um, So altitude is a real deal Um, Yeah, so after my trip which I had been working uh, with a company called Wild Medics um, As technical guide we were snowed out on our original attempt to get a group of doctors up to the summit so after our booze up and our party at the end of uh, the tour, which was a hell of a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, um, there was a lot of nakedness going on and a lot of dancing <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, moving of furniture in in, in the hotel, um, which was good fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, shortly after that um, trip, uh, I decided spontaneously <laughs> to um, not fly back to Cape Town. Uh, but instead, go finish some unfinished business, which was my own personal mission. Mm-hmm. And I asked the company to please cancel my flights and use the money that they were going to pay me for my uh, work um, to please reschedule my flight, and that I'm going to stay a little longer. So I cut into my my profit, or my you know my fee, uh, my pay, mm-hmm. uh, and I, yeah, I I pretty much uh, decided to walk up to the base of uh, Mount Kenya solo packed my bag for, for three nights mm-hmm. um, paid my park fees and walked up in one push which normally takes the general tourists about three days to walk uh, some might even take a little longer to acclimatise, but yeah on average about three days I walked straight to the base but on my way up um, I got hit by a snowstorm um, which was extremely unlucky, especially t- getting hit with a snowstorm twice in a row when trying to go for this um, peak. Uh, once with the group of doctors, and now on my solo attempt. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And in between these two snowstorms was the most perfect weather, and the most perfect conditions. But I just something in the air was just saying, "Tio, you're not going up there." Eh? <laughs> but I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen. And I, I, I um, That that evening when I made it. Um, through the snow and wind and ice which was just catapulting into my body as I was walking um, all my kits everything I had was completely soaked I was shivering and I couldn't feel my my extremities um, so I kicked down this, kicked open this door of this uh, hut called Shipton's Hut luckily I um, already made some friends with uh, the local um, porters on, our pre- on my previous trip so I kicked down the the door and uh, all the regular tourists were all having their hot soup you know or comfy (laughs) or cushy and i came in there soaking wet and you know there's a storm outside and i took all my clothes off i was completely naked um you know right there in front of all these random people Uh, but i didn't care i knew i needed to get the clothes off me and Mm. uh, i changed into my dry set of clothes and luckily um, one of the local porters, um, he rem- he remembered me and he came and brought me some soup and gave me some food for free because I actually had no money to... I couldn't pay for any um, warm foods uh, in this moment. But I had my own gas, my own things. But my hands were so cold that it was the last thing I was thinking to do <laughs> in this very moment. So, yeah, uh, there was a very nice moment with, with some of the local guys. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I decided to because i couldn't afford to stay in the huts um the porters let me sleep in their part of the the cabin in the back so the tourists etc you know but i'm sure in general if if i had to ask would have been fine but it just shows the the customary um you know friendliness of the of the locals there in kenya i um yeah and uh so then next day i walked up uh closer to the base um Mm. now the mountain is just Packed with snow, it's white. Um, It's. uh, I'm. I'm actually busy with an article. Actually, no, I'm not busy with article at the moment, but I will be writing an article on this journey on this trip of mine to Kenya uh, Mm -hmm. soon. So I'll send you the the written article with all photos, etc. But the mountain is white. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing you want to do is go up the thing, um, especially after fresh snow, and. I decided that I have nothing else, you know, nothing to lose. I'm just going to hang out and hopefully the ice melts um, in the next day or two because that's all I had. I had a day or two to take on this, this peak. So I sat through the whole day drying all my clothes in the sun on a little rock and I built a bivvy a uh, camp which is pretty much like a lean-to. I uh, found some old metal um, mm-hmm. near the foot of the mountain and uh, probably from some who knows what some crash plane or whatever i just yeah. found some old metal and like leaned it against this rock to um create a little and space where i could thing. sleep and um and i waited a full day and the ice i was observing the mountain the whole um, time and slowly slowly got better um something that happened which was quite special um was that i uh experienced not for the first time, but uh, a close encounter with the leopard. I didn't see the leopard, but while I was building my bivvy camp, um, I took a stroll <laughs> to go have a look around for some more rocks that I could use. And right behind my rock, my boulder, um, there were fresh leopard prints in the snow. And because the snow had just fallen the night prior, um, that leopard could have easily have been anywhere near hundred. 100- to 500 meters away from me at this very moment uh, which is quite an interesting thought to have in your head um, when in a foreign country
0: and, and, and at this point you're completely alone right
1: yeah I'm, I'm alone now I've already left the, that, that other hut
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm completely in the wild there there's no I'm, I'm far away from any kind of huts at this point I'm, I'm pretty much at the base of the, of the mountain at the foot of the mountain so as high as one can be um Before climbing the thing, because the mm. rock uh, to reach the summit, you have to rock climb, so it's just that's that's the the, the excitement of this peak yeah. uh, unlike Kilimanjaro Kilimanjaro is a, a hiking peak, so mm-hmm. you can hike to it a lot easier mm. um, of course, with the assistance of porters and all that but um yeah, so i 'm completely alone, and then the next day i, I okay just, just before started. you
0: before you carry on, so you're completely alone. You're kind of staying in this little shelter. You've seen a, a leopard, leopard, um, spoor. what's going through your head? How are you going to protect yourself from this leopard? Because I can imagine you got quite creative about what you would do in case no, it no, came I, back.
1: No, I, I didn't really think about protecting myself. It's just more like, um, yeah, there's not much you can do. Eh? <laughs> they're feeling like a they're feeling for a little human, but, yeah. um, you know, I I knew that there's uh, from my previous um, twelve days or was it ten or twelve days I spent on the mountain already with the the group the group of doctors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had quite a lot of experience in that area, so I'm not coming completely inexperienced into this situation. Mm-hmm. And I had known that there was more than enough wildlife on the mountain to keep that leopard well fed. Yeah. So I didn't really worry about the guys. I made sure I brushed my teeth. That's at least uh, that that helps.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't Sorry, I, I,
1: feel like uh, taking a little whiff, whiff and biting my face off. <laughs> I see. Okay,
0: I interrupted you, but carry on. Sorry. Okay.
1: Um. So anyway, so then um, the next morning in the dark, pretty much, I started up uh, the first uh, quarter of the route, which is called the. It's like the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it's called the bowling alley is because, which is exactly what I always had to deal with, um, was because in the morning the sun rises and when the sun comes up, it melts ice high up on the peak because it's the peak which gets hit first with the mm-hmm. sun. So therefore the ice on top melts first and therefore the stones and rocks which have been
0: Break cemented by the ice
1: down, oh, start falling. And and to begin the route, you have to climb up a, like a chimney, a chute, quite a large one, but not a lot of room for movement. Um, so my first obstacle actually was the darkness. My first obstacle was learning for the first time to climb, uh, wearing tackies, which are like sneakers. I was wearing sneakers when I was climbing. This was the the grade of the climb uh, for myself is quite low.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, um, and, uh, I, I knew that I could climb it solo without any ropes or protection. Um, so while I was climbing, I had a headlight and the headlight would shine onto the rock. And the, wherever the the light shone back at me, I knew that there is verglas. And verglas is a very thin, frozen water layer on the rock surface.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's extremely slippery. It's like, it's like ice, pretty much. Um, so I knew I couldn't step there or put my hands there. So I used my headlight looking down and observed the reflections of the rock and the dark to know where i could put my feet and where i couldn't because the glass is completely see-through it looks just like rock so i was using this very slight uh, reflections to figure out where to put my feet in between the dry patches and as i was moving up um, uh, i had a moment where i went off
2: route
1: Mm -hmm. um, and things got very difficult and my my number one rule i told myself when i was soloing um, was that if i cannot reverse what I've just done then, um, then I need to stop um, or I need to not do that move so with climbing you, you perform sort of acrobatic moves up rock base and some of the moves can be quite difficult and I personally gave myself a rule for my for the sake of my survival was that if the move was too hard and I wouldn't be able to do it back again and backwards reverse it I wouldn't make the move Mm-hmm. And I started to do a series of hard moves breaking my number one rule quite early on. And, um, thinking that, you know, that maybe it's just a little tricky because of the darkness in the glass. And I soon found myself on a completely blank, uh, smooth slab, standing on a tiny sort of a, a, a tiny lip of rock about the size of my iPhone, uh, with my, with my tackies, which have hardly got any tread on them. <laughs> and, uh, I started to freak out a little bit. I tried to reverse my moves and I couldn't. And I was a little stuck. And I didn't know how to get out of the situation um, just yet. But I I calmed myself down and I breathed. And I, you know, you need to calm down before you can make any wise decisions. Mm -hmm. And I started to look around and I found a little slot. um, A little slot where I could fit a, a nut. And nuts are these piece of equipment that we use to protect ourselves when, when trad climbing or alpine climbing. I had a nut which I wiggled into this little uh, groove and it managed to stick. And I was very happy. I was carrying a rope on my back so that I could descend the mountain once I reached the top. Mm-hmm. I had a single 60 meter rope and I, and I rappelled off the single nut to get back down to another ledge where I could restart um, since I went off route, and then I that was my that was uh, close call number one. So, so I just I how, continued how, up now the correct
0: how, line. How far uh, were you this. up at that at that point? Sorry, I just I, I want to try and picture because already I'm freaking out. My hands are sweating. Um, Some context. Yeah, yeah. So so you how long had you been climbing before you <laughs> placed your, yeah. the nut to rappel down?
1: Uh, so I was probably about I don't know, like. Sixty meters up off the ground, maybe sixty meters off the ground, which uh, is like I don't know what store size story that would be. That that's about a it's about a twenty meter 20, 20 story building or something like that, or fifteen story building.
0: And, and, anyway, and, and, so, and what yeah. kind of no no hang on because this is terrifying. Uh, what kind of um, what kind of grading are you climbing in your in your tennis shoes now? Roughly, uh,
1: it's the grade is it's grade sixteen. So, um, but out there on the, in Alpine terrain, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was pulling those hard moves, they were feeling, this is South African grading. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, in American or French grading, it would be like, I guess, 5C or something like that, 5B. Um, and of course, because of the conditions, it was feeling more like maybe like 20, 21. (laughs) So quite, quite spicy, we'd say. (laughs) Um. And uh, so, yeah, I, that was my close call number one. Okay. Uh, I re- retraced my steps back to the large ledge, and I, decide, mm-hmm. I I looked around the corner, and so I had missed uh, the line which I was supposed to take. So I, now I was back on route, and now my second close call began. Um, and it started with sound, and the sound was sort of like, uh, you know, with, in World War II, they have these planes which sound a siren.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that sound was exactly what I was hearing was rocks flying from very high up on this 300 meter piece of rock flying from high up, melting from the top from the tip of the peak um, or the ridges that that come off the peak were just rocks slipping slipping and sliding down ice chutes and gaining speed and as they arrived into the bowling alley they would create this sound, this horrifying sound. And you know, I knew that the, only the big ones made the real loud sounds. And I could hear big sounds coming, but only small rocks were passing me. So there was something on the way. And so in this instant, I, I, um, I quickly traversed under a little bit of an overhang piece of rock
2: mm-hmm.
1: and waited for the, the sound to pass. And as I expected, a huge. Torpedo of rock just came shooting down the gully one of the next and pieces come flying 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 and I just hang out on the rock face for a, for a while um, until, uh, until until it comes down and uh, and Then I decide to, uh, to Continue up. So that was my close call number two.
0: Okay, close call number two um, so you first yeah. went off route into a really spicy section with tennis shoes couldn't climb anymore. You're repelled off of one single nut, back down to the ledge. Then a whole bunch of rock fall. You're hiding under a little yeah. ledge. I mean, these are potentially kind of um, very dangerous situations. Now, in in yes, in, yes. in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I mean, I've tried. I've that that's me done. Uh, I'm heading back down again. But I suppose that's why I'm not. You know, a, a proper climber, so so to speak. But but now, just what are you thinking in your head? Okay, I'm going to carry on. what is it about that 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 situation that makes you say, "Let, let me carry on going"?
1: Well, uh, the reason I felt okay to carry on is because I read the dangers as they arrived very well, mm-hmm. and I was still moving along. Swiftly, and I didn't have any other reason to turn back, other than, um, of course, almost dying twice. But (laughs) the point is that I had, I had um, foreseen the moments before they had, before I had been taken by surprise. Mm. I think that's probably what was the, the, you know, the deciding factors that I foresaw. The issues of course just moments before it could have been tragic
2: um
1: yeah so then i continued up and uh-huh. uh, yeah so then i passed a large section called the amphitheater mm-hmm. uh which was a maze pretty much a maze of sloping it's um sloping rock face um uh, pretty much a giant slab um and all over the slab randomly there were just large patches of glass and uh and s- small patches of snow um and so i do kind of uh sort of choose a line um of safest you know journey through this um you know maze of ice and slippery terrain mm-hmm. uh which was quite taxing um But once I had passed the amphitheater section, uh, then I arrived at a very exposed, highly exposed ridge called um, Furman's Tower. And Furman's Tower is the crux of the route. And this is about, maybe about 200 meters up now. Um, So I'm about two-thirds of the way to the top. Something like that. I think maybe it's maybe a little less than two thirds, mm-hmm. but in terms of the serious climbing, it's the majority of the serious climbing is done once you have passed Furman's Tower.
2: Okay.
1: So I uh, was making good progress on this very exposed ridge, but the snow was very thick because um, the ridge is quite uh, jagged and mm-hmm. it catches the snow in these buckets. So every time I stepped, my foot would sink. And because I was just wearing uh, like sneakers, my feet my, my toes were starting to get wet in my shoe, and I was very worried about that because I knew that once i can 't feel my feet, I, I, climbing will become very difficult mm. um, because I needed to feel where I to step um, and also, I was a little worried that if my feet get too cold at such high altitude and stay wet, you know I could start making nerve damage um, so these these were the thoughts in my mind when I was on this very exposed uh, rugged ridge and finally i came to a corner and this this corner of rock had a big step and the step was probably i don't know maybe three meters high two and a half meters high um and this happened to be a old an old piece of equipment left in the rock crap uh, a piton by of course older ascensionists Mm -hmm. and usually with mountaineering when you see a piton it means it's going to be a tricky section. It means that the potential of falling is most probably high at this point. Um, because i had never climbed the route before, I assumed this, and I was wearing a harness um, on me as I was soloing. I pulled uh, a 60 centimeter sling, uh, which is a sort of a piece of sort of a sling nylon mm-hmm. sling, which I clipped my harness, cord and clipped to the piton um just before i took on this corner just in the moment just clipped clipped because i could see it looks quite tricky and as i pulled over the corner my foot slipped on the on the verglas glass um because it's kind of hard to see in the daytime actually i, I would say verglas glass is easier to bypass in nighttime because of the reflection than it is in the day
2: because mm. it
1: just looks like rock and I fell, uh, fell onto the piton, actually. I slipped and fell. And if I wouldn't clip that piton, I would have actually uh, fallen yeah, probably to my death, um, a few hundred meters down. But in this moment, I still have, could, de- could have decided to continue up. But And because I had foreseen this moment of, uh, this, I had foreseen this moment too, and made a wise decision to clip the piton in a spontaneous you know, kind of gut feeling moment that i thought you know that's pushing the limits a little bit too much now and i'm happy to be ha- i'm happy with how far i got mm-hmm. and at this point i was moving so quickly it was only 8 a- about 8 a.m. or 8:30 a.m. and for most people who climb the Teams who start at the same time? Uh, by eight, they would only have been done with the first sort of section of the shoot. With the so, there is a benefit with moving in, as a solo um, in terms of speed, uh, but of course your um, your safety is thrown right out the window. Yeah. So you just need to be uh, a lot more alert and heightened in your senses uh, throughout the whole process.
0: Jeez, um, so so, <laughs> so that was close call number three on the uh, taking a fall on the piton, and and at this point you're you're now going to rappel down, so you've got your rope out, and um, I mean you you've not reached the summit, mm-hmm. you
1: yeah. So then I I I decided I was yeah yeah I call I called quits at that stage because it was three close calls,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so I, I just I started abseiling down, but uh, they weren't abseil points everywhere there's Mm -hmm. some uh some cord left behind from previous uh ascensionists but not too much uh, especially because the snow was covering a lot of these sections so i would build my own uh little wrap point so i was carrying some cord Mm -hmm. and i would wrap it around a boulder or pinch point which is like where two boulders meet Mm -hmm. so two large boulders may meet at a a very um you usable point where I can put a rope easily around a narrow section and I can uh, weight it with my ropes, and then throw my ropes down and abseil down the mountain in sort of in sections.
0: Jeez, man. Well, um, <laughs> that's, uh, thank you for, for telling that story. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, you made a wise decision to come down um, and, and, and you're still here with us um, providing yeah. us <laughs> some um some, some epic stories but but uh yeah, man, story. yeah yeah thank you um and, and I, I think that's 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 my uh, my hope yeah. for this 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 um this podcast is, is to share stories like this um because you know I've, I've heard it once before and i remember being terrified listening to it but um now i have sort of uh some context to be uh, behind what you kind of went through and i, I yeah, man, I I, I can't believe um, the the kind of things that you do. I'm 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 happy to have a, have you in my life. Um, a little section of of you anyway to to see. Um, uh, yeah, man, I've, I've I've climbed with you. You're an incredible yeah. guide. Um, your your personal climbing and, and 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 your guiding is obviously two very very different things. Um, but one of the, if not the safest, I would say probably one of the safest um uh, kind of safety conscious guides i've ever worked with um, always mindful of your surroundings and um yeah it, it's any every time we have worked together i think three or four times it's been a pleasure i've done some training courses of yours when you were at um, venture mm-hmm. Forth. super informative and um if, if anybody is yeah. ever looking for a, a climbing guide on table mountain I, I think you're you're the go-to guy um that i i always refer people to um so uh thanks for for taking the time to, to chat man it's 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 been epic and and um good luck with your book um, thank you please please um yeah, uh, let me know yeah i want. it's it's um it's ready for 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 our viewing pleasure and i'd, I'd love to I'd love to see it
1: yeah man and uh yeah i also appreciate having you in my life 100 thanks
0: man i appreciate um
1: that. Uh, you know I, I will never forget i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i was i, I might be mistaken was i with you and hanley when you guys met at lakeside
0: uh, yes you were where yeah when you guys meet? um okay not, so, you guys did, um, so 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 that was the that, that did was you guys the, meet? that was the first time we officially um kind of uh, 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 yeah yeah uh, but but we met uh, at clock, at
1: clocked each other
0: Yes, yeah we, we actually met each other at Rhodes, high uh, um at roads uh with that slack line over the, the water. You know that uh, yeah, at, yeah, at, yeah. at Rhodes in the reservoir they put the slack the line park. over the water at uh,
1: uh, K- Kier, oh, oh at the UCT there, At by, UCT, close yeah. To, close to the roads.
2: Oh,
0: yeah yeah yeah. yeah, okay, so, cool, cool, yeah. so so we, we actually met there. Um I, I kept helping her um, <clears throat> onto the onto the Thing. and she was for some unknown reason sure. she was uh, she was trying to waterline with a bikini on and it wasn't going too well for, for her um, <laughs> it was the first time she it was going, going, tried. Well, going
1: very well for you it was
0: going brilliantly for me um <laughs> but uh <hence> me trying <laughs> to help her the whole time and yeah that's actually the first time we met but um yeah. but, uh, i mean uh, we did the highline festival with you and, and honey and i had one of the best adventures of our life um we woke uh, we woke up at like three in the morning mm. Um, we got in the bucky and we drove to Maltese Cross, and you led yeah, right. Maltese Cross for us in, in the middle of winter. It was freezing. Yeah, uh, it must have been around this time of year. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was cold um,
0: Yeah, it was bloody cold. And yeah, and, uh, yeah you it led, was
1: yeah, it was like,
2: uh, very cold.
0: Yeah, you led the the route up, and um, and then um, honey and myself seconded, and we got some incredible photos and memories from from that trip, and, and we would have never yeah. been able to climb there without you. So so. Um yeah I, I really appreciate uh, that little experience and and it was something definitely that I, I'll remember for the rest of my life nothing to to the extent of your kind yeah. of adventures but um you know it, it, it was definitely uh, still very
1: special man. yeah yeah
0: but um yeah, man I, I really appreciate it and I, I wish you all the best with uh, with all your kind of ventures um and uh enjoy enjoy your climbing and uh time in the in the desert
1: thank you man I, I am and will
0: awesome all right, buddy. Cool. Have a good one. best. Bye. Cheers, Dom. Bye.
1: Bye.